I'd like to dedicate this class for the elevation of the soul of my dear cousin, who was Nifta just a couple of days ago, Velva Yaakov ben Yehuda Leib. May his neshama rest in the light of the Shrina and enjoy everlasting peace and tranquility. I'm not sure what the three weeks in Tishabab means for you, but for me, growing up, and even after growing up the past 20 years, it's always been this period of time which I felt a seriousness, wanting and believing Mashiach will come. And to be honest, almost a type of dread from Rosh Chodesh Av until Tisha B'Av, waiting for the time to pass if Mashiach won't come. And then looking forward to Elul, the days where we know Hashem is so, so near to us. And obviously the great days of Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Sukkot, those are the days that I longed for. But I was really inspired by the LPI initiative, and in particular, the Lost Princess principles program to look a bit deeper and try to understand what is this period of time and what is this yearning really about. What I'm about to share is taken from Naseva Shalom. He has a section at the end of Bamidbar. It's quite a long section. I'm just summarizing a tiny drop of the ideas which really resonated with me. But if anyone wants to look up, they can look it up there. And it's actually his your side today. So may our learning be an aliyah for his holy neshama as well. Chazal teach us that 30 days before Moed, we're supposed to learn the halachas and try to understand the eternal message that this Moed teaches us. And so too, we need to try and understand the idea of this mourning and our crying over the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash during the period of the three weeks and Tisha B'Av, but also just in general, it's a very foundational part of our Yiddishkeit. It can't be a surface level of mourning and crying over something which was and no longer is. Because we're not a nation that holds onto memories of the past if there's no connection to our present and our future. We know, we know that the Xerah that says, Amet Nishkach Malev, someone who passes away, slowly the memory fades away in our hearts. But when it comes to Yerushalayim, it says, Emeshkach Yerushalayim Tishkach Yemini. Yerushalayim is something alive. And if we forget about it, then a part of us really should be forgotten. What is the meaning behind this idea? We are really not accepting the fact that the base of was destroyed, and we yearn for it to be rebuilt. We constantly bring us up in our fillers. The Holy Rebbe from Kibrin said that the worst thing would be for Jew to accept that we can live without the base of three days, Three times a day in our davening, we ask Hashem, and arise in our hearts the yearning for the rebuilding of the Beis HaMikdash. Also in the Musav of the Shalosh Galim, it's full of this yearning and panning. And actually, our Gagorim and our Tfilas are already in place of the Kabbalahs, which we'll be offering on these days. The Beis HaVam Absalonim says that the learning, the longing and the yearning for something is greater than the thing itself. And therefore, the rebuilding of the Beis HaMikdash actually begins with this yearning, this Hishtakakot and Gagorim in the Galos. This is where the Beis HaMikdash will, will be rebuilt from. And this is especially true in this period of the three weeks, where we awaken this chukka, this desire for the rebuilding of the Beis HaMikdash. Chavot bring that the 
obligation of every Jew is to awaken and arise oneself for this anticipation of the Beis HaMikdash being rebuilt, especially in this time of the three weeks, and Tisha B'Av, which is actually called the Mo'ed. And even more so, the more that we increase this yearning and pining to end the galus for Mashiach to come, this actually speeds up the global and personal redemption. Let's think about this for a moment. It's a very empowering thought. You and I have the ability, and I could say the obligation, to speed up the Geula. How? Not only by doing mitzvahs and keeping the Torah, but actually by yearning and anticipating it. <clears throat> this is, this is, there's a story told that a Goyish philosopher once saw Yemiyahu Navi sitting in Yerushalayim and crying over the Chorban. He was crying over the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash. Now, Yemiyahu Navi was known as a very wise person. And this philosopher turned to him and said to him, it's not befitting for you to cry over something which was and is no longer. The Beis HaMikdash has been burnt. What's the point of you crying over it? And Yemiyahu Navi said, I can answer you, but you won't understand the answer. The meaning of our mourning and our yearning, this outpouring of the soul, is something so much deeper. Tovid Melech, when he was in Yudha, far away from the Beis HaMikdash, he cries out to Hashem, nafshi. My soul thirsts for you. Basuri. My flesh aches for you. When he was far away from the Beis HaMikdash, and he couldn't see this light of Hashem, the Aurelikos, which illuminated the base of Megdash, he actually got his life force from this yearning and pining away for Hashem and the Hashem's beautiful light to illuminate the world. And this really is the idea of our crying and yearning over the Horban. The yearning and pining for the revelation of the light of Hashem, this Aurelikos, which will illuminate the base of Megdash and the entire world, and this is what was hard for Yemiyah Navi to try and explain to a Goy who can't relate to this level of yearning for the light of Hashem. We know that even the Goyim recognize the Jewish cries are different to their cries. We see this when Power's daughter in Mitzrayim went down to the Nile and she saw a baby crying there. And her maidservants turned to her and said, this is the cry of a Jew. And this really is the answer that Yemiyahu Navi gave this philosopher. You can't understand our cries because your cries are an expression of despair of the past. Our cries are an expression of tikva, of hope, of the future. It's for in the Holy Spirit that the days of Vela Mitzarim actually parallel to the, late, the days of Rosh Hashanah until Shemini Yatzeret. Now, let's just go a bit deeper to try and understand what this is speaking about. There's a foundation in the order of creation which says that Hashem created the world, yesh mi'ayin. From nothing came something. Hashem created the world from nothing. We see that before any growth, there has to be an absence. How do we see this? For example, with a seed. When a seed is planted in the soil, only once it is actually rotten and decayed 
at that moment when there's a decay and there's actually nothing left of the seed, that is when the sapling sprouts and grows into the plant. Even our world, this world of darkness, is really only a corridor to the great world, the great light of Alam Abba, which, will, which, we will, which we will experience. In the days of creation, before every day, when did it start? Vayhi Erev, Vayhi Boker, it was first the evening, the darkness, and then came the light. Even a baby, an embryo, develops in the womb in the same way. It develops in a place of darkness, and then pushes its way through the birth canal and enters this world, it's light. <clears throat> and so it is, this period of time, these three weeks. karasika. In our constraints, we call out to Hashem. In this time, when we feel the absence in the galus, these three weeks in particular, where we arouse ourselves and awaken ourselves, this yearning and pining for great light, and then, Anani Hashem will answer us from his expansionness. That light, that great expansiveness, those are the days from Rosh Hashanah to Shemini Atzeret. But we first need to experience the absence. We first have to feel the lack and yearn and pine for the great light. The Rebbe of Regine says that the three weeks actually have more Kedusha than the Shalosh Regalim. Because these three weeks are going to be in the future, that's going to come. But the three festivals, Shalosh Galim, are something of the past. They represent And Tisha B'Av is that moment of growth. From the absence of a long and painful galus, we can just imagine the magnitude of the great light that awakes us. As it says, Berega katan azavtich, berachim doilim akabsech. In a small moment, I left you, and in great, great rachamim, I'm going to gather you up. If this long, painful galus of over 3,000 years is referred to as a rega katan, a small moment, can we just imagine the great light that is awaiting, awaiting for us? The Rambam says that someone who doesn't believe in the coming of Mashiach and anticipate it is actually called a koifer. And it's not a koifer only in the words of the Nevi'im, but actually a koifer of the words of the whole Torah and Moshe Rabbeinu. Because in the Torah, it's promised that Hashem will redeem us. And not only that, but the coming of Mashiach and the way the world will be when the world will recognize Hashem, the Niskav Hashem Levada Bayomahu, this is the final tikkun of the creation of the world. This is why the world was created, that ultimately everyone will recognize Hashem and His presence will be revealed. This world we live in, this world of, of shekha, of falseness and impurity, the confusion and the great suffering we're all going through, it's just this corridor to get to the real world what Hashem really created the world for, the ideal, the tikkun of Malchus Shaddai. Someone who doesn't anticipate and yearn for Mashiach is almost saying, I'm okay with the way the world is as it is now. <laughs> I know that seems crazy, but anyone would actually feel that the world's okay how it is today. We just look around. I mean, 
besides for Corona, everything else that's been going on in the world, and even today, the unrest in many countries, this can't be what it's about. And that's why in our, in our tefillahs, we constantly request that Yerushalayim should be rebuilt and that Hashem's glory should be revealed. In the heavenly courts after 120, when our time comes and we go upstairs, we're going to be asked a few questions. And one of them is, did you make a fixed time to learn Torah? And also, see Peter Yeshua, did you anticipate the Yeshua? The question is, not did you believe in the coming of Mashiach, but did you wait and anticipate this final point of creation, what the world was created for, this Yeshua? And here is the point. This question that we will be asked after we leave the world is one of the foundations of the roots of being a Jew. Because this power of belief there's an idea that the actual power of emunah attracts and brings down that what we're believing. And where do we see this? We see this from Mitzrayim. When the Jews were in Mitzrayim and they were suffering there, they were, we all, they were and we always are, maminim b'nei maminim. We always believed in Hashem because we know it says, Pakad Hashem. Hashem remembered us and He's going to reveal us. He's going to redeem us. But Moshe Rabbeinu, when Hashem sent him, he was nervous and he said, maybe they won't believe me. What, what would they not believe? Because they believed in Hashem. We know the women even prepared tambourines for the Geula because they were waiting it. And the idea is that they didn't believe that they were worthy of being redeemed because they were on the 49th level of Tumah. So the belief wasn't in the fact that is there going to be a Geula, but rather are we worthy for the Geula? And the truth is, they were only redeemed because of their belief in being redeemed. This is a very deep idea. They were worried because they weren't worthy of being redeemed, but they knew that they will be redeemed. And that is why they were redeemed. Only because of the merit of our belief in the Gula were we redeemed. And in the future, the same is true with us. Only in the scot of Aimona are we going to be redeemed. So Aimona actually brings down the redemption. But us believing and waiting and yearning, anticipating, panning, longing, all the adjectives you can use, really feeling it with all our soul, that is the way that it's going to happen. And that's a very deep thought. It actually obligates us in a very big way. Because by our yearning and our believing, we actually are bringing the Geula closer and closer. Another idea about this yearning and longing for the Geula, which really resonated deeply with me, especially within the princess consciousness, is this beautiful idea. When we yearn and pine for the Geula, for that time that Hashem will reveal His light, and we will enjoy the Ziva Shechina and feel Hashem's love and His closeness for us. This is what gives us strength. If we feel alone and dark and we feel there's no hope and we actually accept our situation as it is, 
that there is not going to be a Gola and this is just all there is to it. So then we've really lost hope. And that's something which Jews don't do. We are a nation that yearns and believes and waits for the Gola. And our waiting and yearning in a time that we are apart, when we don't have the Beis HaMikdash, yearning for that light, that constant yearning brings advocacy and connection to Hashem in a very, very deep way. We can compare this to two people who love each other. And if they have to be apart for a certain period of time, each of them yearn and long for each other. And it's this yearning and longing which really brings that connection even closer and connects them in a very deep way. And so too it is with us and Akrash Baruch The more we yearn for him and long for him and want to feel his presence and feel his love, so too are we actually deepening our connection and that vacuum to him. This idea is also true on a personal level because a person who accepts the situation, sometimes we can be in a place, a challenging place, a time where we feel that Hashem, as if Hashem, is rejecting us and pushing us away. In those moments, we really yearn to feel Hashem's love. If we realize that it's only a temporary path, a temporary time that we are apart, and we really yearn to be reconnected with Hashem, and we yearn for Ayushua, and we daven, and we believe that it's going to come, so we actually allow it to happen. We have to believe that the Yeshua is is right there. And our yearning and belief in it coming is what's going to bring it down into its actual fruition. In light of this, we can see that it's not just we yearn and pan for, for the Gola, but our yearning and panning is what actually is going to bring the Gola. It's not enough to just believe in, in Mashiach, we have to truly anticipate it with all our heart and all our neshama. I'd like to just end off with a short filler. Please arouse and awaken our hearts to truly feel this yearning and pining for the Gula Shlema. May we too be zoiche, like Tuvila Melech says, my soul yearns and pines for this courtyard of Hashem. Tati, Admasai, Hashem, we are weary and tired. We are yearning to see your light, to feel your presence. Please, bring Mashiach. We want to celebrate Tisha B'Av as a beautiful Yontif in your presence in the base of Megdash. May it be really soon, the car of Mamish.